A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Wisconsin's export of food and agricultural products reached an all-time high in 2021 and is on track to reach another record for 2022. Here to tell us more about those numbers and export market trends is Mark Rota-Reyes. He's the director of the International Agribusiness Center at DADCAP. Appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. And you're right. Um, in 2021, it was $3.94 billion, a record for, for the state and actually a record for the country. Um, and it was uh, quite a bit up from the year before, which is like $3.4 billion, um, you know, in the, the 20 to 21. In year-to-date quarter two, so year-to-date June of 2022, it's $2.2 billion almost, $2.18, um, and that's 14% up. Um, so um, quite strong um, and maybe a little bit surprising if you think about all the challenges uh, going on. Um, with uh, shortages of containers, as you've heard the news, and and uh, shipping delays, and you know some of the uh, labor availability issues, and um, then the conflict in in Ukraine and um, inflation uh, that everyone's seeing, so prices going up. Um, but what people in the industry are telling us is that you know despite those headwinds, uh, there's just been a very strong demand, a lot of replenishing of inventories. Now, in some cases, that's uh, settling out now, and um, but still um, strong in a number of markets in a number of countries uh, that that we take a look at every three months, every quarter. Uh, we take a look at what the food, forestry, and agricultural exports are for Wisconsin, and just how that looks around the world. Um, and we look at each one of those uh, key categories, uh, product groups as well: dairy, uh, meat, and crop, and just. So, you know, um, dairy is pretty obvious. That's the mostly cheese and whey and milk proteins. Um, in meat, that would also mean, besides prepared meats like sausages, uh, meat cuts, um, but it would also mean um, the animal genetics, bovine genetics, and it would mean uh, hides and furs as well. And then in crops, that would include uh, lumber and timber products, as well as the crops you would normally think of as such, uh, corn, soybeans, um, and a number of those um, uh, prepared and canned vegetables, for example. Um, so all of those uh, items come together to make that full report across those three categories. As you mentioned, despite those headwinds, there's still high demand for American and Wisconsin products. What export markets, though, specifically did we see growth and why? Sure. Well, in, in year-to-date, um, June, uh, Canada was our, our biggest, uh, one of our largest growing markets. Uh, there are They are our largest uh, export market, have been for years. They're up um, 25.5%. Um, over the same period last year, but also Korea, and they were the largest of the of our top five. And those top five make up a, a fairly large margin, fairly a large share of the total exports that we do. But they're up almost thirty percent. And then uh, China was up ten percent. Japan six, almost seven. Mexico was a little bit flat, not quite one percent up. So our top five markets were all positive, uh, with a couple of them being. Uh, 
strongly positive, three of them being double digit. Um, so it, it was a good year. When the largest markets grow, then, of course, our total top dollar grows. What about underneath the, those top five? Are there smaller markets that were gaining more share in? What are you seeing there? Um, I would say that the top five markets um, have been fairly steady. That There are some other markets that, that are just below that, and sometimes they'll, they'll bump into that, that fifth level, so places like uh, the U.K., um, is is sometimes uh, quite a strong market, um, as well as some of the other European markets are fairly strong. Um, so don't have the, the list uh, right in front of me, but um, what we do notice is uh, between Canada number one, China number two, Mexico three, Korea number four, and Japan number five, those have stayed pretty steady from last year and into this year. Uh, there's one market that kind of stands out. It's interesting uh, when we look at the individual products, and that's Finland. Um, and Finland, uh, because um, a lot of our mink furs um, are shipped to that market, the major buyer, the major warehousing and, and um, auction company for that uh, product that we make uh, here in Wisconsin, grow in Wisconsin, um, that uh, is located in Finland. So all those uh, sales have gone up, and that mar- that market has recovered that industry has recovered some over the last year or so. So that would be maybe one of the standouts. They had quite a strong uh, first half of the year um, for that that product category. Do we see the, the need for American exports? Is the need coming from severe weather? Is it coming from supply chain issues happening in other parts of the world? Why is the need growing? Well, I, we've been a strong source uh, for the food, forestry, and agriculture products um, for years. Uh, I think uh, foreign buyers certainly look at, at U.S.-made and Wisconsin-made products as being high-quality, good value for money. Um, so uh, all other things equal, they'll, they'll prefer to buy from us, uh, in, I would say, in most products. So going on top of that, though, you have issues like droughts in, in, uh, in South America, or as we've seen more recently in the conflict uh, in Ukraine, um, where they're not able to produce and, and export as they have done. Um, so some of those things. And then you have, you know, the natural disasters, as I talked about the drought, but then um, in other markets where they have those issues, um, that those will help to push demand a bit more. Now, what goes against that sometimes is a strong dollar. So if our dollar is more expensive to the local currency, then what can happen is that even though they want to buy our products, they just get uh, too expensive or more expensive, let's say, than similar products close enough so they go. Uh, the buyers would, would go for those less expensive items. Um, and we're seeing that a little bit right now, in fact, um, that the dollar is quite strong with all the activity between uh, what's going on on our side uh, from um, the uh, Fed, uh, Federal Reserve uh, against some of the other uh, central uh, banks um, that we've been moving up in our interest rates. That helps uh, oftentimes to make our dollar stronger. Great for us uh, so we can buy more things at less price if they're coming from overseas. However, if we're trying to sell to overseas customers, what that can do is uh, work against trying to be able to sell them because the price has gone up. Uh, not that we've changed the product, just because of the uh, the exchange. So Mexico and Japan are a couple of examples uh, of where that uh, has come into play. 
But still in all, the demand is quite strong for what we produce here in the U.S. And, and um, the companies that we talk to, uh, what they're telling us is um, that, that their buyers still want to buy from us. And it certainly sounds like good news, right, when exports are up. But, Mark, I kind of want to dive in. Do higher exports directly result in, in higher on-farm revenue here in the state? Well, it can, and it does, I would say, generally speaking, help um, because you, you want to have a broad customer base. Um, because if one customer, um, for whatever reason, they go out of business or they, they decrease in their purchases or maybe they go buy from somebody else, um, you want to make sure that you have a broad range of customers. So that's an important part of it. Um, the other part of it is is that um, by selling another the, some of these other markets, it, it helps you to diversify what kinds of products you can sell. Um, and not to say that, that by exporting, it's the highest um, price you can ever get for a product. But I, I think by and large, what we sell in foreign markets um, are products that bring a little bit higher profit margin than sometimes what you would, would find for, let's say, U.S. customers. So generally speaking, uh, it is good to export. Now, it's not a guarantee that by exporting alone, um, you're able to make more uh, margin or revenue, um, you know, your net or gross profit. But um, because a number of those um, issues affecting your profits are about the cost of inputs. Um, so what does it cost you to run your business? What does it cost you for your labor? Um, so a number of those uh, factors can come together, and even sometimes with higher uh, prices, let's say, for commodities, for, for milk or for corn, that um, although that should be, generally speaking, good, you get a higher dollar, um, on the other side of the equation, you may have higher costs that, that then help um, keep that or keep that uh, profit from, from growing um, or being as high as you would like it. So I, I would say it's not a guarantee that, that you make more money, but I would say if you don't have the exports, then then you need to find a way to to grow that percentage of your business that you're not. And companies that we've seen that export, and this is across the board, not just in, in agricultural products, but, but manufactured products as well, those companies tend to have overall a better profit margin. Uh, they have more stable business. They're able to invest more in R&D. There are a number of benefits that go on to those companies who are exporting. What's the balance between domestic and export competition. And I'm asking this because when we see exports are up, but here domestically, we also see higher grocery costs or shortages at the store. What What is that telling us? It's telling us that uh, we've had a very difficult time over the last couple of years. COVID has made these massive uh, disruptions in our supply chain. And what we've learned is um, our just-in-time system um, was not ready to respond to uh, just-in-case scenarios as, as the terms of terms of supply chain folks use. Um, and so those major disruptions um, made it so that we had a lot of product, but maybe not a way to process it, or we were able to process it, but then not able to store it because there was uh, such huge changes in, in the way that we um, consumed products and the way that we delivered products. And so I think that those changes in the system um, we're, we've begun to figure out how to do that, um, but it's taken some time. And uh, in fact, recent reports talking about the huge number of containers and ships sitting out at, at sea—that uh, that those are um, beginning to um, 
improve so that they're moving a product through. As that becomes more efficient, then, of course, cost goes down and an availability of product goes up. Now, you know, we've had some some major issues here just as well in the labor market and as you've heard in the news and all those other factors they, that they talk about, um, you know, in the economics programs um, that uh, are still sort of keeping our prices um, somewhat high as, as consumers. Um, and the businesses, maybe some are, are receiving a, a higher top-line dollar sales total amount, but then they also have their own higher costs, so it's not that they're necessarily making that much more money. Um, with these, um, you know, with these higher dollar amounts of sales, um, but I, I think generally speaking, um, the the economists uh, that talk about this, that you hear on all the major news programs, that that, that they believe that, that things will continue to settle out. However, large environmental events such as hurricanes, and then also this conflict in in the Ukraine, as I've mentioned before, those are some of those issues that continue to. Um, have us think about whether uh, we'll be able to grow, will we be able to keep the supplies rolling, whether we'll be able to keep inflation from getting uh, too high. There's a lot of other market components rattling our supply chain rather than just where things are moving to. Mark Rota Reyes is joining us, the director of the International Agribusiness Center at DATCAP, giving us a look at Wisconsin's export figures. The numbers show that the state set a record in 2021 and is on track to reach another record in 2022. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.